The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents The Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. My vault runs deep and wide. It's filled with corridors and rooms that go far. What gives them the right to screw us with the royal shaft anyway? So we save New Vegas. Woohoo! Now scram and let us go on with our lives. Sheesh. Welcome, Vault Dwellers. Today we're talking about Vault 21. And that little intro is probably one of the best lines <laughs> in Fallout New Vegas. That is Sarah Weintraub from Vault 21. And she's going on and on about Mr. House. And if you've played Fallout New Vegas, you know all about Mr. House and all the things that he's done with New Vegas and, and some of the areas around there. We'll get a little deeper into that topic in the future. But for this episode, we're diving deep and wide into Vault 21 in order to find out what was actually going on in Vault 21. Now, you may remember this from Fallout New Vegas, and it it's not one of those vaults that you really got a chance to explore too much because only the top floor is still available for you to check out because it's been turned into a hotel. And you might remember this from just outside the Strip. This was in downtown New Vegas or downtown Las Vegas, which became New Vegas. And you might recall the Vault 21 hotel sign in neon lights with a vault door behind Vault 21. And it's actually the door from the vault. It is it is full sized metal and hanging up as part of the sign of this. It must have taken a lot of. I don't know, reinforcement to get that thing up high in the air like that, the, being a, a full metal vault door. I mean, those things are pretty heavy, but it's up there. It's it's up there. So Vault 21 was originally constructed by Vault Tech, and it is one of the few vaults that actually served its purpose and protected uh, people. At the same time, it was not a control vault. They were definitely running experiments in here. And according to the Gamepedia.com Fallout Wiki, everyone in Vault 21 was equal. And it was created with a perfectly symmetrical layout. And all conflicts and problems were solved through gambling. So this vault takes the whole theme of Las Vegas and gambling into an actual experiment with human beings to see if that might be the best way to resolve conflict. And let's, I mean, let's give it to them. That's, that's a creative way to solve conflict. It's kind of equals everyone out. It's kind of like this communist thing, but taking to an extreme where it's randomized. It's not that everyone is given exactly the same amount of things and everyone is given the same predetermined lot or predetermined amount of stuff. It's really that everyone is given the same exact amount of chance in order to get the things that they're going to get 
or to win an argument, that kind of thing. So everyone is equal in the eyes of the role of the dice. And it's basically the dice that choose, right? So it goes on and explains that uh, chosen representatives gambled against each other in the main atrium and the winner earned the right to settle the dispute as wished by the collective. Reliance on luck to solve problems created what might be considered the perfect realization of anarchy, a society in which everyone is equal and no one has an advantage over the others. So it goes on and says, however, as with all utopias, this is like an anarchistic utopia, I guess you could say, the peace was not lasting. In 2274, Robert House, Mr. House, who we've brought up at the beginning of the show, contacted Vault 21's residents with an offer of inclusion in the resurrection of Vegas. While most of the vault dwellers wanted to refuse the offer, some residents were in favor of it. As a result, residents in favor of Mr. House's offer challenged each level's representative who were in favor of staying isolated. After a game of blackjack that lasted for many hours, those in favor of opening to the outside won in an extremely risky move. Once Mr. House gained access to the vault, he stripped much of its technology and with the help of the vault dwellers, used it to rebuild the strip. Soon after, Mr. House ordered most of the vault to be filled with concrete. He actually filled up the majority of the vault, this wonderfully designed, perfectly shaped, symmetrical vault we will never get to see because the lower floors are all filled with concrete. Only the top floor remains. At the request of Sarah, who I mentioned before, and Sheldon Weintraub, Mr. House left some of the upper levels intact and allowed Sarah to establish a hotel there, which became another source of income for Vegas's growing economy. After their emergence, many of the vault dwellers went on to live new lives in the outside world. Most notably, Doc Mitchell. Now, do you remember Doc Mitchell? He's the first person you meet. He's the reason why the courier wakes up and is able to go into the wasteland and do what you are going to do because he's the doctor who puts you back together after you get shot. He's the first person you see. And Doc Mitchell hints that he came from a vault. That he actually left the vault and traveled the wasteland and decided to help other people. Now, Sarah remembers Doc Mitchell. If you actually play through the content in this in the game, Sarah remembers Doc Mitchell. In fact, she knows that he has like a mole on his butt or something. And she says, well, you know, you grow up with a whole bunch of people in a very limited amount of space and you know everything about them. Um, so kind of weird. And Doc Mitchell goes on to explain that uh, he left. He lost his wife. Uh, after leaving the vault and it's most likely that his wife actually passed away from not having exposure to the kinds of diseases and things that had ev continued to evolve outside of the environment of the vault over the last 200 years or so. And so she, her immune system couldn't take it. Uh, and that's why she passed away. So uh, that opens up a whole nother topic, which is super interesting is it, the, the nature of disease and uh, humans who came from a bloodline that was not 
let into the world, I guess you could say, or members of the enclave. Do the members of the enclave, are they inoculated to these new diseases and these new things out in the world, even though they aren't exactly living in the rest of the world? I, it's it's a whole new, another topic I hadn't considered, but it makes sense in in the history of the Americas, one of the reason one of the reasons why the European powers were able to overcome much much larger populations of American natives was because the natives at some point contracted disease. And there's a whole lot of misinformation and speculation about how exactly that worked. But what is known for sure is that within a certain amount of time a very, very large percentage of the natural population of the Americas uh, contracted disease that was brought over from Europe and they just didn't have, they hadn't evolved the systems to deal with it. So something very similar would have happened with vault dwellers, with people who had grown up in vaults and had never opened the door and had never accessed anything outside beyond, you know, in 200 years. That, that totally makes sense. Now let's go into the layout of the of the Vault 21. Um, and as I mentioned before, it is perfectly symmetrical. Uh, the article here goes on to say the vault's main cog door had been transformed into a sign advertising the uh, the casino uh, slash vault slash hotel, like I mentioned before. Vault 21 is emblazoned on it with neon lights. The vault entrance is an above-ground building which contains the Vault 21 gift shop. If you remember, the only way into this building is actually through the gift shop where you meet Sarah standing at the gift shop counter. The gift shop is run by one of only two native residents to have remained, Sarah Weintraub. Stairs lead from the gift shop down into the vault. The vault has been converted into a casino and hotel. There is a central atrium with gambling tables, as most places in New Vegas have, a hallway with living quarters, including Sarah's room and a guest room that the player can rent for about 10 caps. Another door leads to the cafeteria or the diner, that kind of area. The lower levels were filled with concrete and are completely inaccessible, and uh, I guess we're never going to see what those actually looked like, which is very unfortunate. Now, there is potential that we could see what those are like. If Bethesda were to release a game set in this area before the events of Mr. House, then we could end up visiting this vault before it gets filled with concrete. So that is a possibility. Um, I don't think it's likely that we're going to go back to New Vegas before the time of everything going on here, because that I, I can't imagine a story that plays out more interestingly than what happens in the events of Fallout New Vegas, but is set in the same location. Now, that's not to say that somebody with a better creative and writing mind than I have could put together something. So who knows? Maybe that would be a fun um, story to construct around the, the nature of Vegas before Mr. House decided to upgrade everything because it was kind of this lawless Wild West land and, and the nature of uh, Vault 21, what that was actually like. Now, the other thing I wanted to throw out there is, is I want you to think about the idea here, uh, and I, I pose this a lot in the show, but put yourself in the shoes of somebody who lived in Vault 21. Would you be okay with conflict being resolved through 
gambling. Would that feel fair or would it just feel like anarchy? Would it feel like you could just do what you want and as long as you didn't get called out and then if even if you did get called out, you had like a 50-50 chance to still get your way, would that make you more willing to take risks? Less willing to take risks? What would that do? How would how would you uh handle that situation? In in a system like that, how do you pick leaders? Uh, none of the articles or none, none of the information I found goes into how they elected the overseer or how they chose their leaders. I would guess that there was some sort of lottery, maybe, or voting system, but the voting system was based around some sort of gambling or competition. I don't know. Maybe you could come up with a more interesting way of, of setting that up. Let me know if you have any ideas of how you could actually do a uh, Vault 21 style determining of who your leaders are. I don't know how that would work, but I think that's something that would be interesting because I, I can't think of a, a real world corollary where you end up with a randomness to who you decide the leader is going to be. The same way that it would be in Vault 21, which is basically a roll of the dice. I mean, you could just, you know, draw, you know, do do a lottery. But just everyone draws a ticket and, you, you know, once a year or once every four years or however often you change leaders, you just pull the ticket out. And so everybody who has the ability to be the leader or is interested in the position is entered into the drawing. You could do something like that. I don't I don't think of any I don't think there's any. Uh, a real world government system that is built around a lottery like that. I mean, there's definitely lottery systems in government, things like drafts for war, but not for picking your leaders. Um, it really takes away some of the uh, vying for power and some of the ego behind uh, leaders. Uh, oftentimes in governmental systems, they fall apart because the same people who end up wanting to become the leaders are often the people who are the ones that we least likely want to be the leaders because they want it so bad for their own personal reasons, not because they want to do a good job and help other people. Um, it's kind of the, the conundrum of <laughs> in some situations, and this isn't the case for everything, but uh, there is a certain percentage of people who get into law enforcement who do so for the wrong reasons. And they're the very types of people we would want to keep out of law enforcement. But they're the kinds of people who want that kind of power. If you were to have a system like Vault 21, where everybody got entered into the lottery, then that couldn't happen. You couldn't abstain from the lottery. You would have to be entered in. And if you were, if it was decided that the lottery was going to choose you as law enforcement or as overseer, then you just had to do it. That was just your lot in life. That's what the, that's how the dice rolled and that's what you got to go. That's, that's how it, it's going to work out for you. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like there's a certain lack of freedom, but there's a certain equality to it. Yet it feels completely chaotic and arbitrary. I can't imagine that that would last very long without people coming up with some sort of alternate system or gaming the system in some way. I think that's very likely. But what do you think? Write me and let me know. Falloutlorecast at gmail.com or at falloutlorecast on Twitter. Or join the, join the Discord channel. There's been a lot of people jumping in that lately. And pop in and let me know what you think. Hello there, old chap.
Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Why don't we ask the newcomer? You support the news? All right, Vault Dwellers, welcome to the show. I, I this, do this in the middle of the show because I want to get right into the topic at the beginning. I am your host, Tom, or Robots. And it, wherever I play games, it's Robots, R0B0TS. And of course, you are welcome to join me um, in news this week about Fallout 76. It is Fast Snatch time. Did I just say Fast Nut? Fast Nut time. Not Fast. It looks like Fast Snatch. It's not Fast Snatch. Which sounds kind of dirty, but it's... Man, this episode's got all sorts of innuendo in it, doesn't it? Um, it's Fasnut. Fasnut time, which actually means donut and comes from the Dutch tradition of celebrating the end of winter, which I guess it is. And how do we celebrate the end of winter? Well, in the game, we have an event right now where you can create a parade of robots and march them around, and you get really cool masks. And last night... For the first time, I got a chance to jump into the game and try this out, and I went through the event twice after server hopping a little bit, found a bunch of crazy people uh, going around doing some really silly things, and got a like giant's green head mask, and then I got the owl mask, which I think, I think in general, I think everybody's like, oh, owl mask, you're the best. Best mask is owl mask, and if you disagree with me, then you you just you don't know. You just don't appreciate the owl mask as much as I do, so that's it. Um, so why was I jumping in last night? Well, last night was Tuesday night, and we've started a new tradition. Tuesday nights are going to be Fallout Hangout Night. Fallout 76 Hangout Night, and I'm on PC, so if you'd like to join me and any of, the, any of the other goofballs who were running around last night doing all sorts of stuff. Originally, I thought I was going to do the uh, Nuka-Cola Quantum Armor quest and go get that done, but we ended up doing the event instead and getting really cool masks. So I still need to do that. So maybe I will hold on to that until next week. So if you are listening to this episode anytime before Tuesday night, which technically would be any time at all because every seven days is another Tuesday, um, <laughs> then feel free to jump in with us. Uh, you can meet up in the Discord ahead of time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, which is, what, 6.30 uh, Pacific uh, PM Pacific or uh, I don't know international times, but you just do a little Google search for 930 PM Eastern to whatever your local time is and you'll know when to jump in with that with with us. Now you can join in the discord meet us up there. Uh, you can join the Twitch channel uh, twitch.tv slash fallout lorecast where I will be streaming us and all the goofiness that ensues. Um, or if you don't have a PC and you just want to hang out or help talk us through a quest or whatever, you're, you're feel free to join and watch the stream or, or jump in the discord or whatever and, and hang out with us. Um, it was a lot of fun last night. We had a bunch of people hanging out and as the night went on, I usually stream for about three hours in the evenings. So as the night went on, other people jumped in and were able to help out with the quest and it became an absolute hoot. We had a really, really crazy time and, and I'm, I'm kind of sad to say that Derek, Derek made a big jump, guys. Um, there was a uh, a quest. There was well, it wasn't a quest. It was a daily to take off all your clothes and get drunk and take a picture. And <clears throat> the events of uh, the Fosnut was so 
so crazy that he he did it guys he, he didn't just have one drink originally he was going to have 50 drinks because that was another one of the dailies in order to do i couldn't find 50 drinks i asked around and we looked and looked and looked couldn't get i got up to like 30s i still need to like 34 more drinks so we couldn't quite get there but i did get a bunch of um strangers giving me alcoholic beverages and he probably downed like 12 of them which seems absolutely ridiculous to drink all at once. I will highly, highly recommend a lot of things on the show, but I do not recommend drinking that much. Uh, not, probably not good for you. And then I took a picture and then we got the, uh, Derek got the achievement and um, the Adams for it. But I don't know, guys, he's on a slippery slope. He might be descending. This might be, maybe he can pull himself together. Maybe he's going to wake up with a, a migraine and decide, you know what, or a migraine, a headache and decide I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you want to, uh, if you want to jump in on the stream and intervene in, uh, Derek's descent and maybe be a good, uh, <laughs> a good influence on his life, then feel free to join us. So, uh, in other news, um, we got so many, so many more reviews you guys every week i put out the show and i'm like man we got lots of reviews and then a day or two goes by and i'm like oh we got like one or two more in and then by the time i record the next show there's so many more again so you guys are amazing this is amazing please keep sharing the show with your friends keep commenting and reviewing on itunes and any whatever thing you're listening on it's always very very helpful i really really appreciate it and um those of you who've written out i've been getting all sorts of cool stuff i've gotten uh notes from people who say that they put this podcast on in order to hang out with their newborn child because my voice helps soothe the baby didn't know I was a baby whisperer. I've got two kids, but I, I guess I'm a baby whisperer now. So you're welcome for that. That sounds awesome. A lot of people say things like uh, helps with the commute. Um, also, a guy uh, who saw a post of mine on um, Reddit is doing a Kickstarter for Dungeons and Dragons like campaign that he's building and decided to gift that to me for free because he liked the show so much. That's awesome. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, uh, more info on that, hopefully in the future, as I get a chance to look into it. Uh, so uh, just really, really cool stuff. If you want to check out the Kickstarter, it, just look up. There was a boss fight for um, this. Uh, the guy's name is Ryan. Uh, this is his Kickstarter where um, it's here. I'll just read the thing on it. It says uh, there was a boss fight is a series of pre-made encounters for fifth edition that focuses on an ending fight with a boss. Each boss has its own background and unique mechanics, but are designed to be easily adapted into your own story. Perfect for a one-time adventure or the culmination of a campaign. So if you want to go check that out, take a look. There's a bunch of cool artwork and fun, fun notes about the different bosses on there. And it uh, looks like he's already got like 26 backers. So feel free to jump in there if that's if you're into the Dungeons and Dragons thing, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are. So other than all of that craziness, let's get into the reviews. So this week I got a review. Let's go with the first one from Draw Shank uh, in the United States. Amazing insights to Fallout history. Love this podcast. Learning something new every time I listen. Plus robots with zeros. He spelled it with zeros. 
is great at discussing the lore and what it means. Thank you for creating such an amazing podcast. You're welcome, Drawshank. And then we also have Cheesick23 from the U.S. who writes, great Fallout lore episode. He really does exceptional research on everything. Thanks, man. As a Bethesda Fallout fan that's too busy and too lazy to do my own research, I really appreciate you taking the time to do it and to make a podcast about it. Go check out the Elder Scrolls Lorecast too. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you for the fallout for the other for the fallout for the call out the fallout call out for the other show. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much. Now this one, um, I'm going to read this just as it is written because I'm not sure. Uh, I'm really not sure what to make of it. So, but I appreciate the review. Um, this is from Mandug 006 in the U.S. who wrote, "Big nerdy boy does good." Okay. Um, I guess I'm big nerdy boy. Uh, currently playing a super hardcore survival run of Fallout 4 and found this at work last night. Pretty excited to listen to everything, but what I have heard so far has been stellar. Thank you very much. Entertaining and informative. The big gay, his voice is pleasant to listen to. A big guy? Gay, he wrote gay. Um, I, that's cool. I have a wife, but I mean, sure. Great. Uh, it's it's also cool because my only prior experience with the first two games is seeing them in a CD case my dad had with a bunch of old computer games like Driver, Stronghold, Starcraft, and Diablo in it. Very cool. I remember those old cases. Uh, so I'm excited to get some info on that stuff. Small side note, that little bit of white guilt from the ghoul episodes, take that out back and shoot it, man. Suffering and discrimination happens to everyone. And as long as you aren't causing it, no need to feel ashamed of other people's actions. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> Better dead than red. Prophet Lib Liberty Prime. Yeah. I, it's not so much that I feel ashamed like I'm I'm holding in any of my own guilt for doing it. I just, it's just it sucks that people treat other people that way. So. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> We're not going to dive back into that issue. Thank you so much, uh, Mandug006. Um, very uh, interesting response. I'm glad you are enjoying the show. Uh, also, we have the Wanderer12321 from the U.S. who writes, War, War Never Changes. Tom does a really good job. Keep up the good work. I love all the Fallout games, but my baby is Fallout New Vegas. It's amazing to learn ab about more lore. The Vault series is pretty cool. That's about it. Tom, have a good day. And I like the NCR and I hate the Legion. Okay, that's about it. And remember war, war never changes. Uh, yeah, I, I, yes, down with the Legion. <laughs> Thank you so much for that review. Then we've also got Bradical810 from the US who writes solid fallout podcast. I've only just found this podcast and am currently working my way through the episodes. I was hooked on the first listen. Thank you for this show because it gets me more psyched than I already am every time I play. Keep doing you and killing it. Well, thank you, Bradical. I'm glad to uh, help with your excitement. We've still got a few more. We've got uh, Zap Brannigan in the U.S. who writes, Feeds my history need and gaming need. This podcast fills two of my loves, Fallout and history. Hey, me too. I wonder if you noticed. Uh, always entertaining and great listen. Well, thank you so much, Zap. Then Haley McFadden from the U.S. writes, love the show. My boyfriend and I absolutely love the Fallout franchise. You guys sound like me and my wife. And it is and my my female wife. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being gay, uh, but that's not me. And it is something that has brought us closer together. I love listening to your podcast. There are just so many things 
things to know about everything fallout related and this is such a fun way to digest it all keep up the amazing work thank you so much for taking the time to further educate us you're welcome Haley. i'm glad you guys are enjoying it thank you so much then we have in the united states who writes wow I was never really into Fallout. I picked up Fallout 4 because it looked interesting, and since I had never even heard of the franchise before, I figured I would try something new. It has been three years, and this is the first podcast that has been able to keep my attention. This is amazing, and it definitely gives me a big a bit of perspective as to how expansive the world really is. Thank you so much, Luke. Thanks, Luke, or should I call you Thivdik? Maybe that name's better. I don't know if that's like Dothraki or something. Maybe. Maybe you're from a different universe. Then we have we have two more. So hang in with hang in there with me. Uh, Lord Octoslap from Great Britain writes: Must listen. A newborn baby has. Oh, this is the one I mentioned before. A newborn baby has somewhat scuppered my ability to play hour after hour of Fallout. Love listening to this as I rock the little guy to sleep really scratches that itch late to fallout started with four and have been looking all over for lore amazing to have it in one place bonus there's something about your voice that seems to soothe my little guy and help him sleep trust me he's a grump that's hard to get off to sleep you're a godsend to the point my wife has even forgiven my fallout obsession well congratulations that's like a double bonus like get the baby to sleep and also your wife is like totally okay with the fallout thing with video games, uh, I'm I'm guessing she doesn't play. Dude, you gotta get her, gotta get her playing the game. Give her a controller. Have her start making decisions. She'll love it, I'm sure. And good luck with the baby. That's awesome. Congratulations. All right, and then one more. CG Atlas from the U.S. says, "Amazing podcast for the Fallout community and everyone else." I recently found your podcast and have been binging every episode and I'm almost caught up. I've been a huge fan of the Fallout world since Fallout 3. Getting to hear more about the backstories of factions, vaults, and specific characters is so interesting. I can't wait for more. Thanks, robots. And he also spelled it with zeros. Man, you guys you guys are nailing it. Everybody's spelling my name right. It's plural? Zeros? That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for all of the kind words and all of the feedback. Thank you so much also for sharing this show with your friends. You guys know now how to go hold of me. I hope you guys come and hang out with me on Tuesday nights, or at least nights my time. It might be other times of the day for you. And if you can't, then you know what? I'm sorry about that. But hey, you know what? There's VODs. You could kind of watch the fun if you wanted. Um, <laughs> and I've got a whole bunch of other ideas and things in store for the future. So keep hanging in there. I'm still going to be doing about one episode a week for a while, but, but got some stuff on the horizon, hopefully to, to wet your whistle. Is that a thing? Um, until next time, make sure that you, uh, blow on the dice for a lot of luck before making a decision. Does that work with the Vault 21 thing? I don't know. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend, or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. Hi, I'm Sebastian Azar. 
and I'm inviting you to the Hidden Pixels podcast, a show exploring those gaming stories you might have missed on your first playthrough, whether it's a side character's dark past or a small event that changed the entire fictional universe, we want to explore with gamers and story lovers alike. So join us every two weeks for the Hidden Pixels podcast. And if you like what you heard, subscribe and leave us a review. We appreciate all of your feedback, and we can't wait to share these stories with you. Thanks.